Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Slowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, well, I was going to take Father's Day off, but apparently the Washington Wizards and Phoenix Suns had different ideas. So Bradley Beal has finally been traded. He uh, signed his five-year super-duper max contract worth zillions and zillions of dollars and um, is now not going to spend, I don't think, any of that contract in Washington, uh, I, I, I'm not, I know I, that comes off as judgmental as it pertains to Beal. It was just such the, an obvious outcome to that contract that it was, you just knew this was always going to be how this would play out. And, and I think this is actually kind of a, a, an issue here for the league moving forward is the number of guys who are signing these contracts and utilizing bird rights to sign these contracts to stick it out with these uh, teams that they have earned that contract for, um, only to immediately start looking elsewhere. And and trust me, the Beal stuff, um, you know, I know publicly he was saying stuff about how he wanted to be in Washington long-term and blah, 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 blah. Um, but basically, as soon as he signed that contract, noise started being made around the league and, and smoke started kind of billowing out of various places um, that Beal was not going to be around for not even like half of that contract. I didn't, I, you know, he, and he winds up spending none of the contract there in Washington. He goes to Phoenix, uh, where he will be joining Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and, uh, and DeAndre Ayton. And those are the only four players that they have under contract right now. Um, and, and they, you know, they're probably going to be exceeding that second apron and they are really, really going for it. I, my guess is that they wind up flipping Aiton. Problem is, they didn't have very many picks in the first place, as they used them all to get Kevin Durant. What little they, what little they did have, uh, winds up going to Washington. And 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 yeah, it's insane that they got it because Beal is still a good player, pretty good player. And uh, they got him for not even a first round pick. They got him from for some seconds and some pick swaps and stuff. They wind up saying sending Chris Paul more on him in a bit, obviously, and uh, Landry Shamit to Washington. Uh, again, more on Chris Paul here in a second, as it looks like he's either going to be traded to the Clippers or bought out. Um, but yeah, the 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 deal means that this Pacific Division is still insane, right? You still have uh, the champion from two seasons ago now in the Golden State Warriors. The Lakers were just in the Western Conference Finals. The Clippers are always going to be somewhat, uh, I guess, dangerous because of the amount of talent that they have across their roster. And then 
you have the Kings, who were super surprising last year and could take another uh, step forward this season, depending on the moves that they make. And then, you know, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal um, are all going to be on the same team. Now, I have there are a lot of questions to be asked about Phoenix, and we'll get to that here in a second too. But the big news over the weekend was that Bradley Beal, no longer a Washington Wizard, he moves to the Pacific Division, and the ripples of that are are going to stretch across the league. This is a Lakers show, so let's start with the Lakers uh, as we kind of go through ripple by ripple what this might mean. Um, again, we're all just kind of waiting to see if the Clippers wind up pulling the trigger on a deal to land Chris Paul. Um, it was really interesting. There was a report, I believe it was from Law Murray, who said that uh, when Russell Westbrook was going through his stuff with the Lakers, that there were a lot of people there in that locker room who really felt bad for Russ and wanted to kind of welcome him in. And and to at least Russ's credit, Paul George winds up getting hurt and Kawhi Leonard winds up getting hurt. But uh, there was buy-in there, more buy-in, I would say, than we saw from Russ when he was a Laker. It certainly helps that that roster was, you know, the kind of better that a roster can be when you have Russ on a veteran minimum contract versus the $47 million contract that the Lakers had to try to work around. Um, but still, you did have a, a an engaged Russell Westbrook. You had a Clippers fan base that really threw their weight behind him. And, you know, for a little while there, before Kawhi got hurt, I thought they were going to beat Phoenix. I thought that was a matchup that the, uh, the, the, the Clippers could really kind of take advantage of there, but then Kawhi gets hurt and you don't have Kawhi. You didn't have Paul George in that one. And, uh, they wind up losing, uh, fairly handily to Phoenix who went out and got handily beaten by the Nuggets who then handily beat the Lakers and then handily beat the Miami heat. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think for the Clippers here, if they do wind up moving, uh, I, it sounds like it would be Eric Bledsoe and Robert Covington for Chris Paul. Uh, if I don't know. I don't know what kind of dra- draft compensation would also go out. But if you're interested in moving those guys anyway, I feel like you can get more than a 37-year-old Chris Paul um, who is making almost $30 million bucks next year. I just... Chris Paul, I think is I, I think he's more than a minimum player, and he will be like he's going to be get he's going to be getting paid better than uh, a minimum player uh, player player would this year. I think he's going to be making if he if he gets waived, he gets about ten million bucks, and then you know the minimum contract you know kind of cuts into that too. So you'd be sitting at like a ten million dollar player. That's the kind of player that Chris Paul is, I think, right now. Even ten seems a little high, but regardless. That's more sensible than Chris Paul on the $30 million contract. That said, for the Clippers, though, there's some, you know, there's some positioning here that they are doing. Um, From their perspective, in their own division and in their own city, fuck, in their own building, uh, if the Lakers are able to just get Chris Paul for nothing and he just signs on a minimum contract, that makes the Lakers better. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And from their perspective, if they're looking at it and they're saying, well, at the very least, let's make the Lakers sweat a little bit and make them consider trading D'Angelo Russell for Chris Paul and, um, you know, and, and, and cut into some of their assets there. And, you know, from the, from the Clippers perspective also, they might be looking at it and saying, we just don't want Chris Paul to go to the Lakers at all. Let's just take this out of their hands completely. Um, so there, there could be some kind of system gaming here on the part of the Clippers. And, you know, frankly, it, it makes some sense for them to do so. Does it make so much sense that they would trade away Eric Gordon, who I think is a good rotation player in this league? Robert Covington, who I thought it was super weird that Teron Lue just didn't want to play last year. He's somebody who I, I'm kind of looking at um, for his contract status as well to see if he gets traded and, and potentially, you know, bought out or whatever. But, um, yeah, I just think from the the place that the Clippers are in and from the place that the Lakers would be if they land, uh, yeah, so he's, he's on an expiring this year, expiring $12 million contract, which, you know, maybe the, the Wizards buy out and he's somebody who I would take a flyer on um, he was useful two seasons ago and then just all of a sudden didn't play last year. So yeah, I think, I think for the Clippers, they're looking at this and they're looking across the hall and they're saying, look, the Lakers already got to the Western conference finals last year. Um, at the very least, Chris Paul in that role, by the way, where in, in, in one thing that really kind of struck me over the weekend too, was, you know, as all of this Beal stuff was going on, there was some Chris Paul rumors obviously flo- floating around. Um, and Jovan Buha of The Athletic reported that the Lakers see Chris Paul as the floor general that they haven't necessarily had. I think that's the wrong approach there. But like we could talk about approaches and, and whatever. To me, what's intriguing there, what I took note of was, oh, they're already talking about roles with Chris Paul, like not maybe not directly with Chris Paul, but as it pertains to Chris Paul, they're already thinking about how he would fit into the rotation. And yeah, I, I did some digging here and there and it sounds like, you know, if, if Chris Paul does hit free agency that the Lakers Lakers would be the, the favorite to sign him. Mark Stein did say in his Substack that, uh, the Lakers' plan A is to bring back Rui, bring back uh, Reeves, and then also sign Chris Paul as a free agent. So, like, it's being reported. I'm being told that that is something that the Lakers are just kind of counting down to. And, you know, from the Wizards' perspective, if they can get anything whatsoever from the Clippers, then it behooves them to trade Chris Paul. But if it means, you know, taking on money that they wouldn't be able to shed this season— or if the draft compensation isn't enough, or if they can't agree to a deal, um, then, you know, they wind up waving Chris Paul. Chris Paul winds up becoming a free agent, and the Lakers get him at the minimum. 
um, because of any any amount over the minimum that a team would sign him for it it you know based on what I'm reading any amount over the minimum just kind of cuts into the 10 mil that he's getting as a result of being traded so he would wind up signing for the minimum so uh, that would be that would be a, a, a pretty big coup for the Lakers if Chris Paul doesn't get traded and he and he signs as a free agent for the minimum. Um, I, I keep on saying minimum, <laughs> but the one thing I will say, as it pertains to roles here, if the Lakers are looking at him as a floor general, that sounds like a very LeBron thing. Um, you have Austin Reeves, and I, I and I don't like the idea of signing somebody who would take that many possessions away from Reeves as Chris Paul would. I preferably would sign Paul to be the Dennis Schroeder next season, right? Six man plays 20, 25 minutes a night. Some nights that jumps up depending on who has it and who doesn't. And, and you know, the Lakers, I saw that Jovan Buha said that the Lakers are considering, you know, retaining D'Angelo Russell, signing Chris Paul, and then going into next year with Chris Paul starting at point and D'Angelo Russell coming off of the bench. Look, it, there are worse outcomes, clearly, but I would rather start D'Angelo Russell and bring Chris Paul off of the bench. Um, and and that way you have Reeves man, uh, managing that the, the, the first unit a little bit more than he would be. Now, if you have Chris Paul starting, then maybe you have Austin Reeves doing a lot of the creating for the second unit. Um, and that might make a little bit of sense, but, but, you know, I, I do think, and I think the Lakers are probably going to look at this similarly. The Lakers priority here with Reeves is to really develop him and figure out what role he best fits into. And, uh, so even while I am nervous about bringing in Chris Paul, looking at him as a floor general and having him take possessions away from Reeves, uh, the Lakers, I think, are not going to allow that to be prioritized above developing Reeves. And then secondly, like, look, it's he's 37 years old. He's not going to be available every night. Um, historically in the playoffs, for whatever reason, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Paul hasn't. And, you know, maybe Reeves winds up getting those possessions anyway. All that said, if we get Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook on the same Clippers team, I would die a happy man because there is zero chance whatsoever that ends well. <laughs> now, I know when a player goes for as little as Bradley Beal went for, right? Again, a couple second rounders, uh, you know, a couple pick swaps, Landry Shamit, Chris Paul. You wind up looking at your roster and you're like, the Lakers couldn't top that. And to a certain extent, I get it. Um, you know, easy answer. No, they couldn't. They Landry Shamit is better than Malik Beasley. And Chris Paul is better than either Malik Beasley or Mo Bamba. That would have been like a lot of the, the, the money that would have been going out there. Um, you could say like maybe D'Angelo Russell is, is on those guys level. Um, and maybe you sign and trade him into the space that it takes to bring in um, to bring in Bradley Beal. But, you know, there you have, all right, so Bradley Beal is going to be making about 50 mil. And then you have, um, and then you have the, the LeBron contract and you have the AD contract. And that is, you know, like the Suns have, you know, 100 and, 
64 million devoted to just uh, Durant, Beal, Booker, and Aiton. Uh, the Lakers would be in a similar spot. Uh, it would just be five guys instead of just eight in there, right? It would be, um, you know, about 170 million devoted to LeBron, AD, and I think they make a little bit less than some of these guys. But LeBron, AD, Reeves, if he makes like the 11 mil that I think he's going to be getting this season, and then Rui, if he's in that like 18 mil range, you know, that's uh, off the top of my head. That's 30 plus another 50. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of money. And uh, from there, you know, you wind up having to uh, – Chris Paul is not on the market in this in that scenario there. So, you know, you might not be able to get him. Um, you do have Jared Vanderbilt, I guess, on the books, and, and, and Max Christie is on the books. And I guess technically you could have thrown Christie in there as like, a, you know, a little bit more sweetener in order to get over the hump. But, like, if you, if you bring in Bradley Beal – you really have to start nailing those minimum contracts. And I and and given the way that minimum contracts have gone for the Lakers the last few years and how they tend to go for everybody, it's it's throwing mud at the wall in the dark and hoping not to get some expensive paintings dirty. <laughs> um like that I can't blame the Lakers for focusing on depth and focusing on the future as that was one thing. Like those are two things that the Lakers really prioritized at the deadline and they wanted to maintain that here moving forward. We know that, um, you know, you could maintain some by retaining Rui and retaining Reeves um, and that and that would certainly help. And obviously Vando would be back and you'd be good. Like the Lakers would be really good. They might even start next season as like, Pretty close to favorites next to Denver to at least coming out of come out of the West, if not win the championship. But a lot has to go right there. LeBron has to play more often than he has the last few years. AD has to play more often than he has the last couple of years. Bradley Beal has to play more often than he has the last few years. Right? He hasn't. He hasn't exactly been the picture of of. Uh, availability over the you know the time while he's just kind of wallowed in mediocrity in in Washington. Uh, Austin Reeves has to take a step forward. Rui has to be who we saw him. Uh, you know the, the the last we saw him in the playoffs, and and then you have to like I said hit like Jared Vanderbilt has to take a step forward. Um, if you are able to keep him, Max Christie has to take a step forward, and and you know, all of the minimums that you hit or that you sign, you have to hit like half of them to be able to have a eight man rotation. And, you know, I, I, I can't say, and look, I've argued all off season for pursuing depth and solid role players and raising your floor because that, that team has a higher ceiling than I think the team that the Lakers will eventually put together this off season. But it also has a lower floor. And I think the Lakers are kind of sick of their spectrum being so wide on the way that a season can go. As far as how the Lakers match up with Phoenix now, uh, you know, who guards AD? Are they keeping Aiton? Because if so, I like AD's chances in that matchup. If they aren't keeping Aiton, are you starting Bismack Biombo? Like, do, are you trading Aiton for a, cent, the, a worse center and another role player 
Because if so, then I like AD's chances in that matchup. Um, I do think that that depth at shooting guard and on the wing is pretty terrifying. You have three guys there in Booker, KD, and Beal who can at any time go off or at the very least create a nice open look for themselves without any help. And that's how you wind up winning in the playoffs. But also, uh, Beal isn't great defensively. Booker has taken steps forward defensively. And they don't have any point of attack defense there. Um, I do think that, you know, their ideal series is played in the 130 range, you know, 130 points per game. And they are capable of scoring at that level. But you don't normally see three guys. Like, I don't think we've seen three guys average 30 points a game on a championship team ever. I, that, that I don't believe has ever happened. And that's kind of what they would require of those guys to be as overwhelming offensively as they would need to be in order to be, to overcome some of the defensive issues that they are going to have, not just in the regular season, but certainly when you get into the playoffs and you have to deal with Jokic and you have to deal with LeBron and AD and depending on what Golden State does and, 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 and so on and so forth. I, I, I would rather avoid Phoenix in a playoff setting if you can with those three guys, but if you do have to face off against them, I do think that the Lakers, depending on how the rest of this offseason goes, um, would present some issues for them, just as they would present some issues, obviously, for the Lakers and everybody that they're going to play against. Do you have Kevin Durant? <laughs> He's always going to be an issue. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. Uh, I... And I have plans, plenty of plans throughout this week for, for content. This is where it gets tough to plan for stuff, though, because you're going to have rumors and deals leading up to the draft. The draft is already on Thursday somehow, which means that there's going to be all kinds of smoke signals and smoke screens sent and, and, and thrown all over the place. Um, for what teams are thinking about doing at their position in the draft. We know that the Lakers are going to be very active, whether it's selecting at 17, moving back, moving that pick, and Bamba and Beasley. I heard over the weekend that uh, it's pretty unlikely, almost extremely unlikely, both Bamba and Beasley will be back next season. So either they are probably going to be traded or... At least one of them maybe is just told to walk as the Lakers approach that second apron. Um, this is going to be a wild week heading into the draft. And then it's not like things slow down after the draft. You have free agency. You have the trade season that, that comes with free agency. And then after that, you're like a week or so away from uh, Las Vegas Summer League, which cre brings its own fireworks in and of its own. And for the Lakers specifically, you're going to have Max Christie probably playing in uh, LVSL. You're going to have potentially the number 17 pick playing there. The, some of the two-way guys that the Lakers had last year, right in uh, Cole Swider and Scottie Pippen Jr., those guys are probably going to be playing on the Lakers roster in Vegas. So, yeah, from here on out, we had a bit of a lull coming out of uh, the, the NBA Finals, and you had a bit of a lull as it pertains to the Lakers specifically throughout the NBA finals because they weren't playing, but that trade yesterday signals that the league is about to start popping off because uh, you're going to have a lot of teams preparing for the new CBA. 
You're going to have a lot of teams that think they have a chance at uh, competing in this wide open league. Uh, you're going to have a lot of teams shedding salary uh, in preparation for, uh, you know, if they don't feel like they're going to compete, maybe getting under the apron and stuff like that. You're going to have teams uh, because it's uh, it's now mandatory, I believe, to be at the salary floor heading into the season, whereas uh, previously you had to just reach that salary floor over the course of the season or else you had to pay out the rest of that money uh, two guys on that roster. So yeah, you're going to have, um, this, this CBA and I know it gets said every year and I know it gets said every transaction period, but this off season, these next couple weeks are going to be insane. So, uh, I, here's what I'll also promise for you guys too. Every time we get a little bit of, uh, you know, new information, every time we get a new, you know, especially signing and or trade that the Lakers are, you know, look to make, or in the process of making, I'll hop back on here and I'll break it all down for you, um, just like I usually do every offseason as well. On top of that, we have some guests uh, this week who I'm sure you guys are going to be looking forward to as well. So until then, until the next time I talk to you guys, I'm Anthony Irwin, wrapping up this incredible Father's Day weekend. Hope all of you had great Father's Day weekends as well. Um, saying have a good one.